Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Matthew Penny is in the building. Penny. What up, Ben? Live from the living room. We got a home game today. I'm excited. It's a home game. You're not in the office. You're not in I'm the not. bathroom tiled facilities <laughs> that you've got in your office. So it's, it's good to see. It's good to see inside uh, the Penny home in suburban Boston. Yeah, with the holiday cards off the wall, we've, uh, we've officially moved into 2022. 2021 is in the dust. Oh, my God. So today on the show, let's just introduce it uh, before we get going. We are doing a college basketball draft. So our idea here was if we had to win a game tomorrow, and by the way, you're going to be able to vote on these teams. So if we had to win a game tomorrow, Penny and I are drafting players that we would have on our team. So we're essentially creating teams of five starters. Two backups or three backups? Yeah, I can't remember what we did. Two backups. Well, two. We, we do three. We're going to start dipping into two-and-a-half-hour territory. Yeah. And then we'll kind of talk about what our philosophy is throughout it, what our goals are as a team, what we're trying to do, what we're going to run, how we're going to play, etc. Uh, we're going to do that instead of like drafting a coach, basically. Um, and then after that, we're going to do mailbag and we're going to do prospects of the week. So, yeah. uh, Penny, before we get into that, the most important thing that we have to talk about is i've finally convinced you to start yellow jackets which is like just so good yeah it was a it was a two-prong attack because my buddy elliot suggested it to me said have you watched yellow jackets i haven't i watched the preview i said i'm not really into like alive meets lost you said the same thing said you gotta check it out so i did i watched three episodes it is one of those shows where you wish you could take the day off from work and just like yeah. watch eight, eight straight more and be done. <laughs> yeah. And we're recording here at eight o'clock at night and we're going to have a great podcast. going to give it my all. As soon as we hit record, I'm throwing the stuff on the couch, running upstairs and <laughs> watching one more before bed. That's how hooked I am. It's, it's you... absurd. Uh, I have no idea where it's going. It has a great soundtrack. Uh, I, I'm all in. I watched the first one. I, I turned to my wife. I said, I, I'm hooked. This was, this was the right call. So you, you are watching it with Jackie. I am, and she's not okay. normally into uh, scary-ish movies, but it feels like one yeah. of these cultural-type shows where people, they've talked about it, but no pun intended, the buzz is growing, so you want to be part of that conversation, too. Yeah, it's really funny how that happened. Like It happened real quick with it. I felt like after six weeks or so, and Laura and I started catching up, I would say like right after episode seven or eight, and we were like, okay, yeah, we just need to watch this, apparently. And I mean, it, it's like, holy shit, good. It, like everyone yeah. seriously watch it. Like it is so good. Uh, who is your favorite character so far? Uh, Christina Ricci so far. The younger yeah. version and the older version. Yes. Like just the absolute. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite performances of any like actor I've seen on TV in like five years. It's so good. It, like that and all of the succession characters. It's just all of them. They're all so good. 
it, it's just so beyond absurd too, but you feel like you're a part of the world and I, I, I'm not going to do spoilers here because I'm three episodes yeah. in. So you, you know what happens, but it does do like the time jump back and forth. And uh, I get excited for both. Sometimes you watch a show, you're like, man, we're going back in time again. Can we yeah. just do present day? But I like it. It, it gives you little pieces of, of their uh, messed up pie of, of why they are the way that they are. <laughs> and I, I know uh, there's probably way more that's going to happen that you're butting your tongue about. So there, there will be text messages to come on this, too. But definitely yeah. watch it. I, I knew I was into when the, the first on the hit was uh, Smashing Pumpkins. said, yeah, this is going to be a thing for us in the Penny household. Yeah, I looked at Laura and was like, "This is this is going to be." Th- that was the exact moment. I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be awesome." <laughs> um, okay, next week will be Yellow Jackets recap because there's no way you won't finish these last seven episodes. Well, we we kind of have to because Ozark yeah. debuts Sunday. So oh yeah, that's true. There's, there's a pecking order. We we got to get to get to that. But I have to close that book before I get to the next one. Okay, um, let's just jump into drafting college basketball players and kind of set out a rule book here in terms of what we're going to do. So the idea here is literally have to win a game tomorrow, right? Like that's the goal. Have to win a game tomorrow, drafting players um, and drafting a team that works together. So like we're not just drafting like the five best wings. Although if you want to draft the five I best might. wings because you think that's your that's <laughs> yeah. your best bet to win, then do that. But like I'm be the, that, ra- that's I'm be the, the Raptors, just five, six, eight guys. Yeah, yeah, Masai Penny over here. So <laughs> that's the goal. Um I don't know what, what else what else do we have to say here? I feel like this could go long, so I just kinda wanna dive in. Yeah, we got seven guys. I think we kind of gave our, ourselves each a, a minute or two to explain the the pick and, and why we did it. Yep. I, we have not shared lists. We have not shared here's our player pool. So this could go any of which direction. I think I'm probably more drafty type prospects, but I got a, a good mix and blend of guys here too. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. What do I have here to flip? Okay, I've got my... I've got my iPad or my uh, iPod, AirPods <laughs> thing. Okay. My AirPods. Flip thing. an iPad. I don't think we make enough money yet for that. I mean, AirPods. Uh, AirPods are good too, but yeah, I love my AirPods. But like, I'm just literally flipping them in the air and dropping them on. I have mine too, and I will not flip mine. So okay, so the front is the little dot thing that shows if it's uh, <laughs> yeah. shows if it's charging or not. The back <laughs> is the button you hit to connect it. That's that's okay. tails. The so the top tails is heads. Fails. Button okay. never ruttons. I'll go the button side. Okay. This is so ridiculous. Very appropriate for the show. Okay. Too. The button side has won. You get to go first. I don't really want to do like snake draft. Like I just want to be able to go back and forth. So yeah, you can one, just have one, the first pick. That's fine. Back and forth one at a time. So first pick. I thought I was going to the first pick because you had the first pick in the mock draft. But as Rashid Wallace reminds us, ball don't lie. So I, I do get the first pick here. I have a little bit of an explanation, so this might come as a little bit of surprise of where I ranked them on our mock we did the last episode. So we are also in a fantasy football league together. You won the championship this year. I'm in another fantasy football league that I won the championship. No big deal. I like diversifying my players. I don't like having the same in each league. So I took Johnny Davis in in this league. So for my first pick, I am going with Jaden Ivey from Purdue. And here's why. Fascinating. I think he does a little bit of everything. I'm a, I'm obviously a, a big supporter of, of wings and, and guys that can create, that can dribble, shoot, pass. 
he can get end-to-end faster than almost anybody. I watched that game against Illinois, and he didn't play well from the field, really. He was 3 for 10, but he got the free throw on 15 times. He knew if he kind of pushed the pace and, and got into the lane and then had really good body control of powering through Kofi Coburn for one of the takes, but knew that that was his strength and that was the difference that his team needs. So we're going to build around a guy like that, shoots 40% from three, can defend, uh, has these plays in space where he looks otherworldly. So he's the anchor of my team here to get going for the Penny All-Stars. I love it. Uh, I think this is a really good pick because I don't know if you noticed, but I felt like a little bit questionable about the point guard position this year in college yep. basketball. And so he, he was number two for me on my board. I, I was pretty in on Jaden Ivey, unsurprisingly. I'm an enormous Jaden Ivey fan. I'm stunned that you didn't take Johnny Davis. Like, I'm I am completely blown well, away by that. I think my explanation was I have him on my mock draft team. Um, he, he was right there, right there too. I, I, I'm just saying for, for this game right here, right now, yes, I've argued that Johnny Davis is more of a production now and, and Ivy has more upside. I think I can build around with the, the other pieces I have coming up on the board with Ivy just a little bit better, but it was close. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Johnny Davis too. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I want the half-court shot creation that he brings. Uh, I think that in a draft where I think there is actually precious little half-court shot creation, just kind of mm. looking it through who's available and everything, I think that he's the one that I trust most to be able to consistently get those shots. On top of that, I want to build a really tough defensive team. And Johnny Davis is an awesome point of attack defender. And especially against college guys, he's pretty switchable, especially one through three, even down to the four occasionally. Uh, to me, Johnny Davis is kind of the perfect guy to build a team around here. So I'm uh, I, I'm going Johnny Davis, Wisconsin, at number two. Great pick. I liked it. I was hoping that he would slide, so I got to have both of them and build up all my guards. I've been known to not be a, a big friendly. Time, so time real quick. Time taken. We did initially... In our text messages, note. So we we both took Big Ten guys here. We noted the idea that we might want to do no oh more than two <laughs> players per conference. Do we want to actually do that? We can't. I mean, you're. That we we can do that. You're destroying my. Well, no, I'm, 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 I'm no, open for that. discussion on this. Like, I I thought it'd be a little bit <laughs> yeah. more interesting to more than anything, like kind of wrap in like everyone like from the rest of the country as opposed to like look a lot of the top players are in the big 10 this year right like there have been reports of oh my god this could be like a five person uh all american team from the big 10 from people who i think are wrong but nonetheless (laughs) um so i just want to like float it to you before we we get too deep into this i have enough depth it's 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 your show whichever way you want to guide us we'll go we just went okay. two from Big Ten, though. So are we saying no more than two per conference then? Let's say no more than three per conference. Because we, <laughs> we got one more. We're alive. You're saying there's a chance. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I'm not so going to take a Big up- Ten player with this pick. You probably okay. panicked and thought that I would take my sweet love, Keegan Murray. I'm not. I, I am going with the big, a very switchable big that can shoot, that is a strong contender for the number one pick in the draft. I'm going with Jabari Smith from Auburn. And I like the way that he also gets up and down. He can play as fast as we want to with Jay Nivey 
while also slowing down when the court is shrunk to be a pick-and-pop threat, can shoot and stretch the defense, we can initiate a little bit of offense from him. The shot's not falling. We can throw him up at the top of the press. He can switch, protects the rim a little bit, playing with more of an edge lately too, and just as a little draft talk, the more you dig and the more people you talk to around him and not necessarily the coaches, all the things are he keeps getting better. The people yeah. even around him forever have said they didn't see this. They saw a really good player, a really good kid, could be a, an NBA contributor. No one necessarily saw the number one pick. Maybe his dad will tell you that. They said this kid just worked so hard, and now it's like all starting to click at the right time. So that's a, a good number two for, for my team here. Yeah, no. So he was definitely on my list. He was definitely lower on my list mm. than this. And so it will uh, – definitely go to show our different uh different ideals in terms of how we're building so this is going to be a really fun little thing uh, i love this pick with jade and ivy because they're both so athletic and you're gonna be able to get up and down the court uh at a real level uh jabari has been awesome as a three-point shooter especially in trailer situations so i am uh i'm a fan of this this is good from you yeah. kenny i'm in good team. okay at number four, I'm going to take another one of your sweet boys. Like, oh. th- this is, it's going to be shocking when people look at this. They're going to think my team is your team based okay. off of the guys I'm taking. I'm taking Oshayag Baji at Ooh, number he was he was on there. A few picks down, but he was on there. So, my like th- the thing that I noticed was I felt pretty good about the, and still feel pretty good about the bigs in this class uh, and the bigs across college basketball. I wanted real wing depth. And I wanted guards who I felt pretty good would be able to create shots in the half court or in Ogbaji's case, be able to run out and transition and defend and play switchable defense. Uh, Unsurprisingly, for people who know me, my goal here is to play as a very switchable defensive team. Uh, I want to be able to switch one through four and be able to uh, create shots in the half court when the game slows down. So I've got Johnny Davis, I've got Oshag Baji, uh, and I'm I'm happy with the way my team looks to start. Yeah, this is this is great. So I'm, I'm the I took two wings. You took a you took like a big and a point guard. This is a this is this is interesting. This is very interesting. And now we're at the fifth pick, right? Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna split the difference, and I'm gonna take Keegan Murray from Iowa. Yep. Uh, okay. a kind of sort of the same vein of uh, switching, in my opinion, three through five, leading scorer in the country. The three-point shot's coming along well, so we can use him on off the wing. He can set screens, and we can even sneak Jabari in the dunker spot once in a while, put him flat out in the corner. Jay and Ivy can, him can create. Also gets out well in transition. Uh, I, I'm building a juggernaut here with Jay and Ivy, Jabari Smith, and Keegan Murray. Couldn't be happier with, with my board. This is like the... Uh, I put together my dream list of, of guys, and it's it's coming to fruition very early. This is fascinating. Now I'm a little bit unsure what to do. So that also means the Big Ten is done. No, no, no. no. I'm saying three per team, not necessarily. Oh, Lord. Okay. No, so three total. The Big yeah, Ten is alive. I have two. The Sheesh. Big, okay. You're alive for the Big you Ten. You had me scrambling because my... <laughs> I didn't have a, a ton of guards on here. I started looking at the ones on the list. I said, I better get a, I better start looking some guards on my cell phone here. So don't go no, nuts. You're good. Okay. <laughs> what do I want? 
We've yet to take, just as a quick peek here as you're looking, we've yet to take a guy sort of out of the lottery so far. Yeah, and that's not going to change with my pick, I don't think. Okay, I'm going to take Chet Holmgren. Ooh, okay. Because I want elite-level rim protection. I want, given the fact that you are as kind of big as you are with Keegan Murray driving and with Jaden Ivey driving, uh, I want Chet around to be able to protect the rim. I think he is the best rim protector in college basketball. Uh, On top of that, uh, along with Johnny Davis, along with Ochai, uh, I have three shooters that I feel very confident in. Uh, to be able to space the floor and play up and down basketball. Uh, Chet Holmgren, by the way, has been one of the best trailer three-point shooters in college basketball this season, randomly. Uh, He can't make a shot in the half court uh, for whatever reason, but coming off those trailer three-pointers, like he's been unbelievable. Uh, So I love that. Uh, I love his passing ability, which I think I could actually use with Johnny Davis and Oshai Baji on this roster. Uh, I think that I needed some playmaking, which is why I defaulted toward Chet a little bit more than one of the other bigs that was available. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going Chet at number six. Oh, I like that. I, I had him two more picks down. <clears throat> All right. I, I have a guy. So this is the seventh pick here. The next one on my big board, positionally, just doesn't match up with what I have. So I'm going to bump down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I need more scoring punch here. Just, just too good, and maybe it's a guy you, you draft and, and stow away on the bench and can be a, a fire starter off there, sort of like you draft all your running backs early. If they don't play, they don't play. It's fine. I'm going to go with Benedict <laughs> Matherin from Arizona. Yeah, the, the highest guy remaining on my board, but – it just like I didn't feel great about drafting him and then you having both Keegan Murray and Jabari Smith because I think that they're both potential mismatch problems for three wings essentially and I, I like the I like the scoring from Ben Matherin I like it when he keeps it simple to want to do dribbles we're gonna try to play fast he, he can run with us he's great running wide in the break he can spot for threes he can quick rip through to dunk you hit opposite the passing is getting a little bit better just too good of a, a prospect to win right now he's been battle tested he's on a very good team in arizona so so far i have Jaden ivy jabari smith keegan murray and ben Matherin. that's a good core four to get going yeah it is i like it okay i am gonna go paulo bancaro here actually yeah it's a good team yeah i uh I- i'm happy with what i've got so Paulo is another one of these like big half court shot creators who's kind of a mismatch nightmare. I actually think he's a mismatch nightmare for everyone on your roster so far, which is nice. Uh, on top of that, I have a roster that can all shoot around him with Johnny Davis, Oshag Baji, and Chet Holmgren, which will open up that mid post area even more for Paulo. I think that I'm not going to be switching as much defensively as I would have liked maybe coming into this. Uh, but I think that Paulo and Chet inside is going to really, really make it difficult for your guys like Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray to score. Yeah, he is. And you could almost argue that if you're wanting to win a game right now, he could have been first. And people might be screaming, saying, how the heck did he last till eighth? And it's, it, it's warranted because if you built the team around yeah. him first because he is such a, a self-creator from the mid-post, 
and in the half court. Uh, has toughness, will rebound. I, I could see people saying that he should have went a lot higher than he did, but a good fit pick for you here at uh, at number eight. Okay. Uh, to recap here, let's just do like a quick recap for people following along. Team Penny is Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Jabari Smith, and Ben Matherin. Team Vicini is Johnny Davis, Ochai Agbaji, Chet Holmgren, and Paulo Bancaro. You are yes. up at number nine. All right. I, I'm going a, a little bit outside the box-ish at, at number nine. Not, nothing crazy, but I, I want more of a little bit more ball handling because I, I can get bigs late. That's fine. I'm going to yep. go. Wait, how many per team? One, two. Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. I'm going to go with Blake Wesley from Notre Dame. And I was afraid that I would not be able to take him. That's why I panicked when he said two per conference. Uh, just a little bit more ball handling, a little bit more facilitating, can score when you need him to, but has been playing that more lead guard initiator for Notre Dame. I like the balance he brings where he can go get one when he needs to. If not, we hit on one wing to Jaden Ivey. We have Ben Matherin on another one. If we start small with Jabari Smith and Keegan Murray, just a lot of good offensive sets that we can do where we can maximize each of these guys' strengths. So my team is is big but mobile we can play many different styles we don't have to be tied to one way or another and also guys can play on and off the ball in wesley and ivy that can be interchangeable okay yeah not someone that was on my board but a good fit with your team like i i actually really like that because i think that you needed another ball handler next to Jaden ivy but blake wesley is one that actually makes sense like in a pretty substantial way okay this is a this is interesting now i'm actually going to take a bench player next i'm going oscar shibway next Ooh. and the reason i didn't think that i was going to take oscar to be honest because i just kind of assumed that there would be other center skill sets that would match my team a little bit better yep but in the case of oscar what I like here is that I think he fits exceedingly well with both Chet Holmgren and Paula Bancaro. While he would kind of, I guess, you know, make that mid-range area a bit of a problem for Paulo, uh, I do think that his ability to get extra shots from the dunker spot would be really, really valuable. On top of that, again, I have a roster that shoots all around him. I think that pairing Oscar with Chet Holmgren would be like kind of disgusting. Uh, I, I don't know like how teams would manage that given Chet or given Oscar's physicality, given Chet's rim protection coming over from the weak side. Um, I, I can't really imagine a better like big man to bring off the bench than Oscar. It's a, a true clash of styles. I'm, I'm going longer, leaner, running, and you just, if we count Chet as a big, you've kind of drafted three straight bigs. I have. This is a, this yeah. is a weird one for me. <clears throat> it is. I like it. All right, so where are we at? 11th pick you're, here? You're at number 11 here. Number 11th. <clears throat> the, the sixth guy on my board. This is going to come as a, a little bit of surprise, too. So... I think we have our alpha dogs. Now I need a few pieces. I need a few pieces around all these guys that make them better. It's going to pass the ball. It's going to be able to set ball screens, come off ball screens. 
I'm going to take Jordan Hall from St. Joe's. Yeah, I think I like this one. This is not and bad. The reason I do it is because he has played this this super maximized role for St. Joe's, but w- with other types of pieces around him, he's not going to be asked to do as much. But when you're in a jam, the ball's not going to stick to him. He has very good vision. He can come off ball screens and, and go to like a weak side and pick and pop. If we need to switch up the, the coverage offensively and he has to step back out and handle the ball, he can do that too. Just some more offensive versatility to a team that is staying true to, to what we are and we will not be hampered by guarding big ball screens with Oscar Shibway and Paul Bancaro all game long. Okay, so we have – we're through like – a lot of picks already. We're through 11 picks in 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Do we want to extend these rosters out? Do we want to do like eight or nine picks as opposed we to seven? We can do an eighth. That's fine. Yeah, Man, let's I'm sure do we have 9,000 mailbag questions, but we can do eight. I don't know if I would have reached for Jordan Hall at this one, but it's okay. We're good. We're building a good bench. Strong base. Okay. I, I'm taking someone that I'm not sure was actually on your board. I'm taking Colin Gillespie to be my point guard. He uh, was my fifth guard. Yep. Was he? Okay. So I'm taking Colin Gillespie here because I noticed that on my team I don't have a ton of playmaking outside of Chet Holmgren. I don't have a ton of passing. I want someone who's going to be able to like really truly set the table as a um, just smart distributor guy that I know is going to be unselfish with the way that he attacks. Uh, obviously, I also just want shooting. Like I, I need as much shooting as possible on this roster. That's my That's my main contribution here. I like that. That makes sense. Yep. All right, so now so now I got my you seventh pick, which, which I thought was my last pick, so I'm not. So I'm not going to take a kicker or a defense yet. I am going to take my version of a kicker, which would be a center, because I have a lot of fours. I got a lot of threes, so I'm going to go with a five. Yep. I want an athletic one, one that you are very high on lately. You already have one Duke guy, so I'm going to take one, and I'm going to go with Mark Williams. I'm so sad that you took Mark Williams. Uh, Mark Williams was someone that I really wanted, but once I ended up with Chet and Oscar, it's kind of like that ideal combination. Uh, that It was just a little bit tough to pass. Uh, there was just no way I could end up with Mark Williams, I thought. Mark's just a guy that, I like to say, doesn't need the ball to impact the game. He can block shots. He runs the floor. He can play out of the dunker spot. He'll roll hard out of ball screens. Just make a, a difference in the paint. We need a different look, too, when we need to play defensively a little bit better and protect with with oscar and, and paulo he's a guy that we can have next to jabari smith or even when we play keegan murray up the lineup to the four play those two guys together too <laughs> okay interesting okay i'm gonna take ej liddell at number i like that two. one what, what are we up to? I think we're up to 14. That's your seventh pick. Yep. Yeah. And just to make sure, no, I'm, I'm good in terms of uh, conference alignment as well. Um, and you are too. Okay. I think so. Um, yeah, I'm going to take EJ Liddell. I like the idea of having another good defender off the bench. N- neither of my bench players I really feel confident can shoot. EJ's okay as a shooter, but with the amount of shooting that I have in the starting lineup, I feel great about it, and I feel confident that I'm going to be able to get the shooting I need whenever my bench players are in. Uh, as much as anything, though, I felt like I needed another body 
to match up with guys like Keegan Murray and Jabari Smith as these kind of mismatch problems that you have uh, in your front court with this roster. Mm. I'm going to be fascinated to see what your plan is in terms of who you're going to start. Because uh, this <laughs> okay. could be like... <laughs> Depends a, on who's uh, Yeah, this could be a uh, little weird roster that you have here. Great chemistry, uh, though. Great coaching. Everyone's buying in. It's culture. <laughs> it's like that uh, that Jordan Sperber video he made in the offseason like two years ago where every press conference said, we're going to play hard. <laughs> we're going to run fast. We're going to have a great culture. That's us. That's the Penny All-Stars. Uh, I love it. Okay, uh, you are up with your final pick, Penny. So my my final pick, my last three or four are, are kind of not anti-drafty, but not necessarily who I view as the top prospects, fit prospects. So I also need a shooter. So I'm going to take a shooter off the bench. We need to spread the floor a little bit more. I'm going to go with Adam Flagler from Baylor. This is a wild pick. <laughs> I, I don't think so because I'm, I'm looking at my shooters here and like, Young Jung Lee was like another one I had to spread the floor. Maybe yeah. Johnny Juzang, maybe Jaime Hakez. He's a little bit smaller at six foot three, where I have a lot of these bigger type guard wings that have to guard up. I need somebody who can guard down the lineup a little bit. Shooting 39% from three, had six threes about two or three games ago, five the game before. So we can bring him in 10, 15 minutes a night as a floor spacer to knock down open shots. I had a couple other type of like connectors, but I, I feel like I checked that box with Jordan Hall. So he's a shooter that I, I need on this roster to provide just a little bit more balance. Okay. Because you took someone that we're going to be talking about later on this episode, oh. uh, I, I think I am also going to take someone that we are going to be talking about uh, later on this episode. I am going to take Iverson Molinar as my Whoa. guard. Wow, okay. Uh, Iverson Molinar is, for my money, like I can't imagine a better bench guard to have to come in and create instant offense. Uh, He is one of the best pick-and-roll ball handler creators with his handle and with his ability to just go out and get a bucket that you'll find in college basketball. Uh, He was, what, I think like 50-44-85 last year. The three-point shot isn't falling yet for him this year, but I don't really have any doubts that he can shoot, given the fact that he's shooting 89% from the foul line right now. Uh, He's really improved as a distributor throughout the course of this year. Uh, Literally, I think, like, you look at the rest of that Mississippi State roster. Garrison Brooks has not been great. J, uh, DJ Jeffries has not been great so far. Uh, he is just like carrying them toward a potential NCAA tournament berth. And that is something that I am surprised that we can realistically say about this Mississippi State team. So I'm going to go Iverson Molinar here as my bench Last card. Pick. Last pick. That was, that was your eight. Yep. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm interested the the Vegas line. I mean, we're going to throw it to votes here and, and see who who has who. I'm interested in the Vegas line of what the spread is for this game too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to say because you you have a very so. What is your kind of what is your vision for your team? So let, let's like kind of let's run through the team here. Team Penny, uh, Jaden Ivy, Blake mm-hmm. Wesley, Ben Matherin, Keegan Murray, Jabari Smith, Mark Williams. Jordan Hall, Adam Flagler. Oh, I like it. Usually, when I when I like my fantasy draft, when my team stinks, so I really like this one. So I'm sure I'm going to lose by about 100 votes here. 
our idea is that yes, we we want to play fast, we want to play hard, we're going to make yep. shots. I, I like the the size and the length. We we didn't go full Raptors here with all six eight guys, but there's going to be, be some lineups out there if you go with with Jabari Smith and Keegan Murray and a longer guy like Jordan Hall when you go big. If you want to go a little bit smaller with Flagler and Jaden Ivey, then you I don't forget about Ben Matherin who I took fourth overall. So we're, we're going to score a lot of points. We're, we are going to play some defense and defend. That's, that's why I took Mark Williams. Um, they, and that's why I took Jabari Smith so early, too, because he can do kind of both of those things for me. Okay. So Team Vicini here is mm. Colin Gillespie, Johnny Davis, Ochai Baji, Paulo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, Oscar Shibway, EJ Liddell, and Iverson Molinar. Uh my goal here is I want to play – I wanted to play switchable defense coming into this thing. I don't really know that I'm necessarily going to be able to do that. Uh, I have elite-level rim protection with Chet Holmgren. I have great floor spacing uh, with Colin Gillespie, Johnny Davis, Ochag Baji, uh, Ben Carroll, and Holmgren, and Iverson Molinar. I feel good shooting as well. Uh in that starting lineup with Gillespie, Davis, Agbaji, Bancaro, and Holmgren, I have a ton of space for Paulo to operate out of the mid post. Uh, I have a lot of space for Johnny Davis to operate out of the mid post. I have mm. a really good transition player in Ochai Agbaji. Uh, I have a really great transition shooter in Chet Holmgren. Uh, I have Oscar to just kind of come in and provide 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. I have EJ Liddell to come in <laughs> and just kind of... 50 to 20 rebounds. I'm like, that's possible, too. He, he does that's do that. That's possible, too, <laughs> man. Like, I, I wanted I wanted some toughness and some extra possessions there with Oscar. Uh, and then with EJ, I've got uh, just another big body to kind of match up that's mobile enough with Keegan Murray and Jabari Smith. Um, the, my, my downfall could be guard play, I, I would say. I, I'm not... I don't feel awesome about... Uh, Molinar and Gillespie in comparison to Jaden Ivey and Blake Wesley, but you know it, it's okay. I think I'm. I think I think I feel good about where we're at outside of that. Yeah, your your team reads a little bit more like the college All Americans too. I mean, not that you didn't go off a, yeah. a little bit with, with some of those guys, but more the uh, the mainstreamish type guys. Where I dug a little bit deeper with with Jordan Hall and Adam Flagler, but I saw them as pieces. Some of the other guys just on the cutting room floor who I liked but just didn't fit. And this is like the second tier. After you get those like first four starters, I had Harrison Ingram there, just similar, just can pass it and, and do a couple different things. I had Darion Sebron. If we needed some more pressure on the rim, if we, we needed some more stuff downhill, uh, even a guy like would've, Adonis would have been Arms a really good fit with your uh, roster. Darian yeah, I just I, I thought I, I I might need a little bit of more shooting. I listed the shooters and I don't like going too traditional big, and that's why I shied away from Sheboy. I also really liked Walker Kessler, but I thought it'd be weird if I yeah. had Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith because he was going to be a last pick, uh, another guy that's like averaging four blocks per game. The shots coming around a little bit and just makes his his impact and his presence felt. And you don't have to throw it to him in the post in order to keep him happy. Like he, he finds different ways to kind of leave his fingerprints all over the place. You know, I, I like that. I, I think that uh, th- those are a lot of the names I had. I had Kofi Coburn. I had Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, I had Trevion Williams from Purdue on my board. I had Tari Eason on my board. Yeah, Tari up there. Um, I had Isaiah Mobley, who has like quietly put together one of the best seasons in the country. I just took too many bigs; like there was no way that I could end up with Isaiah Mobley. Um, I drew Timmy. Neither of us like even have really mentioned Timmy. It's just that he's a very specific kind of player 
uh, that neither of us were going for in terms of like our roster construction. Right. Yeah, he he just didn't fit with what I was looking for. A, a guy I, I want to just talk about here as we digress for a second. Did you have Kendall Brown on your board? No. Does that say anything about where Kendall Brown's stock or or where he is currently in the eyes of NBA people? Not necessarily us, but it seems he's kind of piled up more of these four point five point games. Yeah. Defense has been pretty good, but we just rattled off sixteen guys that we think could win a a game right now. We just also rattled off about another ten to fifteen. So we're talking about a guy realistically that's going to need some development. That that's going to need yeah. reps probably in the G League. So at, at this time right now how high are you kind of comfortable with taking him because start of the year off the board and he's at seven now he's kind of like i don't know 10 to to 14 ish is that still a, a fair range for him as a prospect yeah when i've talked to teams i've gotten like 10 to 20 for the most yeah. part now um more you know some teams do not see him as a lottery guy just because they're worried about the production concerns kind of like you're outlining uh some do because they yeah. see him as uh, a project worth investing in from an athleticism perspective, from a play hard perspective, from a feel perspective. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be hit or miss with Kendall, Kendall Brown, uh, for yeah. sure. I, I'm looking up now. He's been single-digit scoring the last five games. Rebounds are all down. It, the last five or so games, it's like five points, five rebounds. And defense has been okay. I mean, he's kind of hit... I don't want to say a freshman wall, but it's just a little bit of a lull. Bale is still good. They've lost two in a row to Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. Before that, they're rolling. they got to get back on track. Uh, but I, I thought the offense would kind of get there more. And we, we talked about it last week, how he had 10 assists the yeah. second game, and we haven't seen as many offensive facilitating-type flashes lately either. Yeah, like you mentioned Adonis Arms, like as someone that was on your board more than Kendall Brown. Yeah. I think I would trust Adonis Arms to help me win a game more than Kendall Brown right now. Um, which says something about how big of a project he is. Right, exactly. Okay, let's take a quick commercial break. Uh, remember, we're, we're going to put out a poll. I'm probably going to make Penny create a graphic of some sort uh, <laughs> so that we can we can uh, figure out who's who won this thing. And then we will be back. Uh, we'll be back with Mailbag and with Prospects of the Week. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So... When I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. 
Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Okay. We're back. It is time for mailbag. We did not do mailbag last week because we did a mock draft that lasted two hours. I'm surprised that Penny even came back uh, after uh, that. We always, we always come back. So let's uh, let's dive into some questions. So I, I've sent yeah. you some of these in advance. I, I a, a, a couple. I, I like the ones off the cuff, but some of them take a little bit of preparation. We're sharp. Yeah. We're prepared. We're, we're not that prepared. My favorite question that we got was from uh, Lacro Rear One, uh, Aiden. We'll go with that. Um, in your years covering the draft, what was the most surprising out of left field pick that you can remember? You want me to go first? I can go first if you want me to go first. I have like an obvious pick for me. You do? Okay. I, I do too, yeah. but I didn't know. I, I just wanted to do the chivalrous thing and, and let the host go first if he <laughs> so, so chooses to. Uh, you go first. Uh, Georgius Papagiannis, not close. That when was he, number one. <laughs> when he went 13th to Sacramento, and, and here's why it is for me. A lot of these I about times, shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of these times it's foreign guys that I just haven't seen like a ton, and you just kind of trust the numbers. You, you trust the, the international scouts and draft community because you watch a little bit on tape, but you don't see guys in person. So if, if somebody's overseas averaging six points per game, it's like, all right, whatever. If, if the scouts have seen him, he's all consensus there. He was different in that he went to the Westtown School in Pennsylvania for a year as a junior, and we were recruiting him to Reebok camp, and it's kind of like, this guy's fine. Like he'd be like an okay big to have. And the joke we always made was like, come get dunked on. Like we'll get a six ten, six eleven guy mm-hmm. and that we had Zach Levine and Keith Frazier and all these like crazy athletes that good luck playing defense with those guys in, in camp settings. Yeah. Uh he didn't come. He he played on a different circuit, but the games that I saw in the film that I saw just like really stiff, really rigid, didn't move well. I almost like forgot about him. And then uh, I saw a few places he was a second round pick and I was watching the draft, and he was picked, and I said, oh, my God. And he was basically out of the league in two years. I, I just didn't understand that one at all. I, I have no idea how that happened. Like, I, I just don't. Um, I had him, I think, at, like, 40 or so. Like, oh, something so like that. Even, you were even, like, in the weeds of, like, doing the mock drafts in, at this time, too. So he was, like, yeah, oh no, yeah, I was. 35 spots off in the first round. 
Yeah, no, he was. It was not even close. Uh, that that was a look like the Kings do weird shit. So like you always have some potential expectation that there could be weird shit coming from Sacramento. Right. Uh, I, I never saw a guy that was a first round pick. When yeah, I saw it, I, 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 uh, I mean, there's just no way. The other one that I'll mention, I was surprised when Thon Maker went 10th to Milwaukee. Yeah, I was too. Uh, I was too. That, that was one that like genuinely really, uh, it didn't like blow me away. Like I wasn't like nearly as surprised as Papianis going there. I understood the pitch for it. Uh, I never really like got it. Like I've never really been a Thon Maker guy. I think that the problem with Thon was like, almost a branding issue as much as anything. Like you'd watch Thon Maker it, by the time he was like in his last year of high school. And it was like, no, this guy is like a defensive player who plays hard and uh, is like a good rim protector who can switch. Like he's not really the ball handler highlight mixtape savant that people think. Right. Um, and like those guys go in the twenties and thirties somewhere. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Th- Thon Maker was one that really surprised me as well. He he played on Under Armour Circuit late with Ken Elite, so I, I saw Thon a lot, and, and he was one of these guys who, when you're around for that long, I mean, he was like an internet sensation as, I don't know, a seventh grader, an eighth grader, it seemed like he was in high school for like eight years, so yeah. I'd seen like a lot of Thon, I didn't think he was a top 10 pick, like when he had it on, the, the switch was on, he's hitting shots and, and running and playing hard, sure, I, I always had some like feel concerns with, with the way he yeah. kind of attacked and defensively and, and made reads, that was uh, that was pretty high. If somebody took him like 30th and it was a project, sort of like we're saying, as a guy who just needs to get reps, he was still the D League at the time, not the G League yet, sure, but that was uh, that was pretty ambitious. Okay, uh, from Chucking Darts. Uh, uh, we love Chuck. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I am going to echo Draft Deeper, uh, Nathan. Shout out oh, Nathan. I just hopped on his podcast this week. Nice. Um, who both mentioned Christian Brown from Kansas, and uh, Chucking Darts says because I actually like him more than just first rounder. I think he has a sneaky lotto case. So I guess I'd ask, do you like Brown's shot more than Marjan Beauchamp? If so, why have Marjan higher? Um, okay, so I'm not a Christian Brown guy as a first round pick. I don't can I take a, really. Can I take a twenty? Yeah, go ahead. He just hit a game winner from three. Good for him. Great. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Like, which, is, which is good. But it, but it, it also plays into our our data points thing. So he hit a game winner from three. It doesn't mean he's a three-point shooter, but he had to go ahead through with 11 seconds left tonight. Yeah. Like, what worries me, like, how much do we really buy him as a shooter it is, like, what I'm struggling with. So he's at 32% this season. He was sub-35% last season. Here, pulling up the numbers, he was at 33% last season. Um a lot of his numbers come in transition. Like you look at the stats in terms of his points, a lot of them come in transition and he's not like the kind of guy that's driving transition play. Like he is just getting to the basket and finishing in transition, like filling lanes and taking a pass and scoring. So I don't know what he does in the half court. If he's not like an elite level shooter, 
I think the shot in terms of the mechanics, I mean, you probably have the same concerns I do. Like, it's a low release point. It's it's kind of a dip. Yeah, it's a funky looking shot. Like, I I think it actually takes them like a little bit longer to get off than typically these guys that are like floor spacers have. Like, I think it actually takes them that extra split second to like load into the shot. Yep. Um, In terms of his defensive ability, I have some real worries about his lateral quickness. Uh, I, I don't know how well he's going to stay in front of NBA athletes on top of that. Like, I know he's listed at, what, 215, 210, yeah, something six, like that. Six, seven, 215. Like, he- heavier than what you would think he would be listed at just looking at him. But, like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, do you think he's going to be able to hold up, like, at the point of attack against guys just kind of going through him? It feels like he is weirdly, like... I don't know. Like, do you think he has like high hips? Like, it feels like there's like something that allows guys to a blow by him because he can't get moving quick enough, and b like kind of go through him at times as well. So, right, like as a second round flyer, if you really buy into the jump shot, I do understand it, and, and like I have a very comfortable two way grade on him, and I I get it in terms of this being like a good interesting sell, but like. Yeah, I'm I'm nowhere near lottery on him. I currently have him. At, I'm looking at my board. I currently have him at 31. I, I don't really know what to do with him because he did come out of the gate so hard, hot when he was shooting like 60% from the field. And he's still like 52. I don't know about the game tonight. Around that range, which is, is still no slouch. The 33% from three does scare me a little bit because there's some guys who they shoot and they miss. But it still looks right. It's like just rims out yeah. and the, the form's great and it's really simple there's not a lot of shooting motion to it like every jabari smith shot i think is going in because it's just so so natural so fluid with with christian it's a catch it's a dip it's a little bit of a crank it's i know you can like remove that one step and maybe that pays some dividends but then it's also like everything else i mean the the game was on behind me here with with oklahoma it took one pass to the wing a cut and, and he was already burnt then the Second defender had to step up. It was dropped off to Tanner Groves for a bucket. Laterally, I'm I'm not there. I'm I'm similar to you. The thing that I prefer with Marshawn Beauchamp to kind of like tie the bow on this is he's so active away from the ball. And I think some of what people see in, in Christian is also having that type of game where you don't need the ball in your hands. But with Marshawn, it's more of this like twitchy away from the ball. Like there's there's a shot at the yeah. rim and he, he beats his guy that can't box him out and he catches it and rebounds he, he flashes the high post it's not there it's a ball fake he cuts finishes and dunks i don't know necessarily if christian moves that way i i, I do like him as a player I, I just don't i don't see the lottery thing unless somehow that that shot gets up there that i don't say makes up for everything else but it would kind of push the the rest of the skills over the top does a lot of things well I, i'm just not totally sold I, I think his his stock's a little bit higher than what i have him at yeah, I agree with that. Like, I'd even have him lower than what you do, to be yeah. honest. Um, it's just like a, a skill package that isn't for me, even though I understand the sell, I guess is right. what I would say. Yep. Um, okay, uh, from Tall Greg, Votary of Hoops. Might be a little late here, but what's your take on Ajolas Tubelis and Fardaz and Mac? Uh, thanks, fellas. Uh, so... I'll take this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tabellus is a lot Sounds more good. interesting to me than Amac. Uh, I've actually like watched a decent amount of Utah Valley because of him. Uh, I literally bet on 
uh, Utah Valley this weekend where he dropped like 27, <laughs> Cause, cause, 18, and 4. Because they play at weird hours, probably. Well, it was because Cal Baptist had like seven scholarship oh, players. You, you, yeah, including, you, you, can't, you can't miss a Taron Armstrong game, even if he's not in it. Well, yeah, Taron didn't play, and they were missing like a, one of their two of their backup bigs, and like everything. I was like, okay, Amac's going to go off, and he did. Like he, like I said, yeah. he had like twenty-seven and eighteen. Like he mm-hmm. was effective, but I don't really see it. Like just in terms of athleticism, lateral quickness. Like I, I get that he's a pretty coordinated, balanced athlete, but I, I think that he's just a significant liability in space uh, in the NBA. There, there's just no way that's going to work. I don't think. Um, Tabellus is more interesting to me, like a more fluid athlete. Uh, I think he has a better chance to shoot than Amac does. Uh, more skilled, like yeah, a better had a, passer. Had a Thirty-point uh, game touch. this week. Yeah, gets up and down the, the a other little thing bit. With, yeah, the other thing with Amac that I'll mention too is you look at his numbers over the years. Like his true shooting percentage is more in like the fifty-two percent range yep. because he misses a ton of shots around the basket. Like misses just a ton of little bunnies that aren't like th- that he should make like you should have that kind of touch to be able to make that to play the role that he needs to play to play in the NBA um, I do think Tabellus has some of that touch um, I-, I would say Tabellus has a better shot I don't know where I'd have Tabellus ranked somewhere around like 60 like I think he's like a reasonable uh, like reasonable draft pick this year for sure yeah I, I don't have any strong take I-, I don't know where I don't have Tabellus on my board right now because I don't know what kind of he's at for for status i mean we obviously we're we're fans of ben mathen over here we've talked about terry a little bit we've talked about christian coloco so i don't want to say he gets lost in the yeah. shuffle when when you have 30 point games in the pack 12 but I, I i'm i think i'm just kind of similar to you not not totally there yet um okay this is a quick answer uh do things like Jaden ivy and john morant have similar hair ever slip into draft evaluations no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tyler, I, I think, Tyler J. Petty. That, that's I, I, think, a, that's I think you the, can just like a little bit because not all the time, but when, when he hits the, the nitrous, when he hits the, the turbo, the Fast and Furious, and, and takes off and you see the hair, you think maybe just like a little bit. But that's just like the bias of, of seeing John Morant do it. I mean, still, I would say very different players, but different players where, where Jaws so heavily on the ball and, and you and I can have our disagreements about whether we see Jaden Ivey doing that at, or not, but I, I don't necessarily. John Morant's a superstar. I, I think Jaden Ivey's going to be a very good player in the NBA for a long time. I just don't necessarily see his his ceiling as high as that. Well, look, there's like a literal chapter in uh, a Michael Lewis book uh, featuring like Daryl Morey about how, like, for years in draft analysis, people would look at like Seth Curry and look at like little shooter. Uh, with light skin who would come in and be able to make shots and people would then like take that as a bias that they would take into draft evaluations. Right. And uh, I believe it's called the undoing project is the book. And look, like I don't do, like I just don't get into that world. Like I I just do not uh, get into that world of that bias. And that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, okay, Let, let's go with this last one here from our king, Andrew Schlecht. Oh, uh, the best. best of the best. Just the absolute best human. Uh, oh, 
it, it just left me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who How is the is player? Who is the player being mocked in the twenties that will end up as a lottery pick? I love this because this is an exact conversation that I had last year with an NBA GM. And he asked me, like, look, if you were picking in the 20s, like, who would be the guy that you would take right now? And I said, Chris Duarte. I'd be like, look, he's going to come in. He's going to make an impact immediately. I get that there are upside questions, but he's a shooter. He defends. Like, he does all that. And lo and behold, Chris Duarte ends up at 13, right? Um, and good and, and good and producing and productive he, he's he been what we we thought he he would be and the, the player totally. prospect it it wasn't this he's older it's never gonna work it's an average six points per game he, he's he's been what was billed as yeah so who is the prospect in this class that is currently slated for the 20s that will rise into the lottery uh i have a couple and it's hard because this guy just had zero points with about 12 minutes left to play, but I'm I'm still, and, and you drafted him early, but I think Ochai Baji is, is going to rise up as time goes on. The reason is Kansas is good. They're going to keep being good. They're, they're going to play in more marquee-level games. I think people will get past the age thing a little bit where he's, he's averaging 20 points per game and, and doing it consistently and, and still stuff that he can improve on to get better. If we're going younger, so it's my older pick for younger guys, I, I think by draft time blake wesley gets there too uh just the the way he can get his own for the mid-range the way he can rip through quickly off the bounce the way his game is still blossoming as we're watching in real time he's going to be right around that range i know he's creeping up so that that's not like a a super hot take but i I do see him kind of going like right there at 12 or 13 yeah look it's hard on some level because i tend to be like, look, I'm, I'm someone who does this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess that, like, I'm the person, like, making the mocks, <laughs> you know? So, like, That's true. You have the answers um, to the test, but, and you have to make the test. So if you so mock them there, ter- that, that's the truth, right? You can create your own narrative if you want to. Yeah. So, like, in terms of... Do people have Ochai in the look? I've had Ochai like in the lottery for a while now, like in like that I late lottery places, range. I think most places don't. I think I, I said he okay. he was tenth. I think you had him kind of like twelfth or or thirteen ish. Definitely haven't seen a single digit next to his names, but I, everything I've seen is more that like fifteen and comfortably in the twenties. Some places like later in the first, like twenty five. Yeah, and like every team that I talk to has him ten to twenty, something yeah. like that. Like. I don't know. I mean, it, so like if it's if people have him in the twenties now, I think that's an answer. Um, but I'll transition this into prospects of the week because I think there is one other guy that oh, I'm intrigued by. Spicy, I like it. I know where you're going with this. Who I think could end up there. So uh, the game theory NBA draft prospects of the week. I will go first because it fits in with the previous question. Uh, my prospect of the week is Mark Williams out of yes. Duke. Uh, Mark Williams, I think, has a real shot to go in the lottery. Uh, I am saying this now. Lottery. Uh, wow. I like this. He is seven foot tall. He has a seven foot six wingspan, and he has a real case as the best room protector in college basketball. Uh, it's him. It's Walker Kessler. It's Chet Holmgren, in my opinion. Uh, I think Jalen Duran is like a little bit below these guys in terms of skill set. Uh, he is an unbelievable rim protector, and he has real legitimate NBA tools in terms of length, 
in terms of strength, in terms of positional size. Uh, he is an elite level rotator. He is great in drop coverage. Uh, he is just constantly there contesting and swatting shots away at the rim. On top of that, I think that they don't even get the best out of him as a rim protector or as a rim runner offensively. Mm. Like the penny all starts well. Yes, you will, because you have Jaden Ivey. <laughs> like, right. A lot go, of his points come from him running the floor because, oh, by the way, like he sprints the floor every time. He's a really, really good uh, transition athlete who can get out on the break. And then on top of it, like they just don't have any pick-and-roll guards. Like Wendell Moore is a good passer in the run of play. I think that Ken, uh, Trevor Keels is like getting a little bit better as a pick-and-roll playmaker at the college level. But like they don't have anyone that consistently hits him like – getting downhill on ball screens out of lobs. And I think that NBA teams are going to look at him and go, oh shit, we have Trey Young, or oh shit, we have Luka Doncic. Can you imagine, like, with the space that NBA teams have, we're just going to be able to rim run him to the basket and get him eight points a game for free. Yeah, I don't, I'm not making this A to B comparison. That's what I kind of thought with Kai Jones. It's just taken longer because he's oh, also he's, just- Hold on, hold on, hold so on. so much better hold, defensively. Hold I just mean in terms of running as fast as you can from, from end to yeah. end and, and catching and dunking. That just hasn't happened. He spent more time in the G League. So you're, you're shooting a, a little bit of a shot here, a half shot. So I'm, I'm going to crank up the, the heat here. Over, under, two and a half Duke players in the lottery. Okay, I'm going to say under for this because okay. that would so, be – It'll be AJ, Paolo, and, and Mark, if you think Mark's a lottery pick. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Got the pretzel going now. Yeah, my, my brain is now fried. Um, I'm still going to say under, but I don't mm. feel good about it. Like, mm. I, I think that there is, you like, a pretty real chance on it. Yeah, I would not put money on over. Like, you'd have to give me three to one, I think. Um, okay. to go over under two and a half. So uh, I, I do want to, before I get into to my prospect of the week, I also just an aside is that you still, we're, we're talking Duke. I just want to talk AJ Griffin for, for one minute here for, we're good. Yeah. So he, he, he's played better, right? Cer- certainly played better. And the whole world lets you know about it when he plays better, right? He had 20 points at 15 points. He should be a top five pick. He's third. I would take him first. Yeah. He had three points. He was one for six the other night, and that's okay. I'm, I'm just saying it's like part of the yeah. story, and I feel the same way about your your prince, who you called, and it was a great shot. You called Ty Ty Washington. He was awesome against Georgia. He was awesome against Tennessee. I, I also just want to say, like, that doesn't make him, to me yet, like a, a top seven guy. It doesn't make A.J. Griffin yeah, go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're, we're screaming out the good, screaming out the bad, just, like, try to keep it balanced, and it's not – live and die by one game we learn about it all the time and and summer league is what drives me nuts about the most because i love summer league i love all these rookies playing and playing well if a guy rolls out there and has 20 points it doesn't mean he's even going to like make the the full roster so it's uh, i use this too often but we're like halfway through our story we're not the end aj griffin could be a top five pick ty ty washington could be the draft is wide open but we can't have these wild swings from from game to game. You do it for five or six games in a row. Let's let's have a real talk about it. But if it's a blip for a game or two, we just, we just got to see more. It's still early in the year. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Like, look, like I'm someone who had Ty Ty at number seven in the preseason no or like number eight. And yep. like, I've been, I've been in on him from the jump, but like, Matt's right. Like if you are lower on Ty Ty and you have been through this process, like, look, like you, like you maybe should push him up a little bit. Like I'm sure yeah, Matt has sure. Like pushed him up into like that was, you know, 15 to 18 range as opposed correct. to 18 to 22. Right. Yeah, but perfect. like, you know, it's, see more evidence before you dive all in right and i think that like look it's something that you know on that draft deeper podcast with nathan that you know i talked about is just like or that even he mentioned was like look for nba teams like they're gonna have more questions that need answered before they take guys than someone on the internet is when they just like anoint someone right and that's okay like it's part of the internet process right but like aj griffin has significant injury questions that nba teams are going to look into right um all of these injury questions are public like it's not like they're um you know you're not not revealing any doctor's stuff from pre-draft like this is all real well known he's on the preseason missed his junior year all that stuff right so yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see where A.J. Griffin falls. I think that he has a very wide range. Like, he could go anywhere from 5 to 20, probably. Um, I, I think, I would I think be both s- of those guys could. It's fair. Yeah. Because I don't – I forget who Kentucky plays this week, but they go play at Auburn. Good or bad, like if Bruce Pearl and Auburn – They play Auburn the, on Saturday, so yeah. yeah. If they turn up the press and, and he turns it over, I'm not going to say, see – he was 18th. That was right. That's just another game. Right. And you, you base that versus LSU, versus Tennessee. They're really good. Are, are, are the guards defensively with, with Kennedy Chandler and Santiago Vescovi and Justin Powell, those guys as strong as maybe Eric Gaines from LSU or, or somebody like that? So there's still right. a, a ton of moving pieces. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. So with that being said, Penny, yeah. you're up with my, your Game Theory Prospect of the Week, who, by the way, was my number two prospect of the week. So I'm so glad that you picked him. That we drafted. And this is a true prospect of the week. It's Iris and Molinar, 6'3 guard from Mississippi State, who Sam also drafted for Team Vicini, so we know how much he thinks of him. Why well, I say it's a true prospect of the week, he had 28-7-3 against Georgia, followed that up with 24-6-4 against Alabama since we last recorded. He's averaging 18-4-4 in the year, which is pretty much the same he was as a sophomore I really like his balance and his body control with, with how he plays. He's awesome on a pick and roll. million ways to beat you, whether it's change of pace, whether he snakes the ball screen, does blow buys. He goes really quick, then hits the brakes for pull-ups without falling over himself. He, he knows how to stay with his, his own two feet grounded, and then he hits some really tough shots. That game against Alabama, he hit some backbreakers, and he was being shadowed by Keon Ellis for a lot of the game and, and Javon Quinterly, and so it, it wasn't one of these prospect performances where it was a lower level of competition. The, the game plan was to slow him down, and they couldn't, and you add on top of that that he can finish in the paint, and he shows off that vertical pop and transition. A couple of those wild plays a game where he, he cocks back and has a, a tomahawk and, and gets the crowd involved. And yep. then when uh, he has a guy on his hip and he gets in the lane, he also has different like release points, so he's not just going to flail. Like He knows yep. how to uh, adjust his body to what's there. You talked about the three-point percentage. It has dipped down to 30%. He was at 37 and 44 as a freshman soft, so kind of all over the place. It is a slow release. Well, and, yeah, and I'll, like I'll a, give you the career numbers here too. Uh, 
38.2% on 203 point attempts throughout the course of his career, 82.2% from the line on about 250 attempts from uh, the free throw line. And, and sort of pulling this team and his teammates and willing them to victory just has to be mentioned more as a, a second round ish draft candidate. There's not a, a ton of, of high-level guards, and it, you just take notice of it when he shows up on your radar with, with two big games and performances like that. Are we sure he's not a first-round pick? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. That plays into why we're able to do this every week is because so much <laughs> changes from game to game and I don't know, from conference play to, to the tournament to everything else. If he continues this type of streak, the, the shot's going to have to get better. It, it is. I mean, I, he's 6'3". It, he, he is quick with the ball in his hands, but if he's only as good at that ball screen now because of how fast he is. When the coverage constantly changes and consistently changes the NBA to go drop coverage and dare him to shoot, he's going to have to hit. And, and when the yeah, ball screen's pulled out deeper, as sometimes this is the NBA – and the drop coverage means you can shoot from NBA 3, he, he's at least going to have to be serviceable from there. No, I agree with that. Uh, I have him as a top 35 guy right now. Yeah. I think that he is a real, like, this guy could be a first-round pick kind of guy. Um, very, very gifted with ball in hand. I was The thing that I texted you about was watching that Alabama-Mississippi State game. Like, Alabama is a team that consistently dictates tempo. Like, that's what they do. That is, they speed things up. They try and, like, get going a million miles an hour. And look, that's a brand of basketball that Iverson Molinar is just very comfortable with, right? But, man, he completely dictated the tempo of that game, I thought. When he wanted to go up tempo and get downhill and get to the basket he was able to do that when he wanted to slow the game down and run ball screen after ball screen and try and get to the lane and um you know get his guys involved he did that too Uh, i I was that's what i was most impressed with i was most impressed with the way that he controlled the tempo of the game against a team that typically is well known for controlling the tempo of the game yeah absolutely okay penny movies uh, have you watched any this week? I have. I, I had. I had more written down. I, I don't remember in front of me. One. I. One. I did watch. Actually, you know what? No, I watched two. What was? Um, what was our movie with Olivia Coleman? The Lost Daughter. Yeah. So I watched The Lost Daughter. Uh, very art house. Not. Not my style. I appreciated the acting. I appreciated the slow build of the story, but I was also like, "Can we get to it?" And that's just my like anxiety and let, let's get the story going and then sort of a wild that movie ending. probably also hits different when you have kids oh yeah i almost swore but yeah it, it does it's just um yeah yeah very different and then the the other one that that i watched was the tender bar with ben affleck oh how is it it was he was really good he was uh the movie is is sort of like a i don't want to say poor man's but has a lot of spinoff of goodwill hunting type influences you know to the point where mm. you, you see it building at the end like they're not going to do this are they and they do it and then just to to bring you into my my mass hole world so i got a haircut today before the show uh hours before the show and i'm talking to my barber and, and he's he's cutting someone's hair he's like yeah you know the that movie t-, he's talking about the the neighborhood i live in and the movie stars are kind of like pop up around he's like you know that movie with ben affleck when he's a bartender i'm like yeah i just watched it last week like oh yeah they filmed it over in watertown just 
a street over there at Bemis Park. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is so like Bostonian <laughs> where they, they filmed it at like the rec field that's like five minutes from my house. So I'm going to have to like go oh back and, and see some landmarks. But that's, uh, that's what it is. You see the stereotypes on TV of, of Dunkin' Donuts and Ben Affleck walking around. And I guess that's kind of what we're doing here. That's your life. Um, that's it. So because of my 10-hour Yellow Jackets binge... Mm. Uh, I only watched one movie this week since we've last talked. Wow. Uh, I saw Upset. Matrix Resurrections. Uh, I saw that, yeah. What, what, what yeah. was our review? In theater, right? I, no, we decided not to. We only had like Whoa. three days left. So okay. for people who... Um, I texted Penny this, but Matrix is my wife Laura's favorite movie. So our plan was, in terms of why we didn't go see it or immediately upon Christmas, was... You know, we have been busy, but we also wanted to see it in a theater because it, like, the Matrix franchise matters as much as it does to Laura. Um, We ended up just running out of time. Like, we had four days left on the HBO Max thing, and we were like, okay, so we need to to just watch this and make sure we see it while it's available. Um, I loved it. Like Love. I, well, I liked it a lot. I loved... (laughs) the swing like it is from an intellectual standpoint like and in terms of like engaging with the world in the wake of like what the franchise has brought previously right like Mm. the way that the matrix and like red pilling has completely become antithetical to what like you know the wachowskis initially wanted it to be and thought it would mean um in the way that the internet has just like kind of co-opted it i thought that on an intellectual level the matrix matrix resurrection resurrections is the riskiest biggest swing i've ever seen a franchise movie take really it is riskiest swing it, it is a crazy swing like that is that movie is insane oh it's insane like, it's, yeah it's completely crazy. There's no way that movie should work. There is no way that movie should work. <laughs> I in in I guess my defense, I didn't think that any of the the first one should work, and they did. You kind of just like have yeah. this like ah, okay, we're in a matrix. There's a bunch of numbers everywhere. It, it puts it together. They they do a good job piecing it together. But I, I kind of go into watching those movies with some level of expected absurdity that I'm not yeah. like completely shocked when it it gets way out there. Yeah, this one particularly, like, it it gets very meta. It gets very meta-textual in terms of, like, engaging with the audience regarding the Matrix itself. Like, the Matrix right. trilogy outside of um, the film, like, plotline, in, in reality, how fans engage with the Matrix, which is, like, staggeringly weird to me. Like it, it's it's a ch- like it's all a choice. It's all like a swing that I can't believe actually worked on me in the way that it did. Right? Yeah, it it is. I I, I did enjoy it. It was an experience. I watched it. I think during COVID Christmas or when we were quarantined too. So it was. Uh, <laughs> you did. That's it, right. it was like a taste of the outside world that was like even more of the outside world. It's like maybe it's not so bad in the house for the next seven days. Yeah. No. Um. I look like the plot stuff was fine. Like I, yeah. you know, it's it was okay. Like that that stuff didn't go nuts for me. But the rest of it, I was like, oh wow, this is this is a crazy movie. <laughs> um, okay, uh, 
think that's all I've got. Next week, like Yellow Jackets for 90 minutes. That's fine. <laughs> we can do that. In like 10 minutes of basketball. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see where you get to on it and how you enjoy it near the end. I do. I, I have Yellow Jackets. Then I have a I have a huge basketball swing here this week that I, I'm excited to embark on. So I'm, I'm going to in person i'm gonna see the g league ignite on friday night versus the college park skyhawks and then i'm gonna to go to auburn kentucky and then i'm gonna to go to overtime elite so i'm checking all the boxes i want to see Love some it. of these guys in, in person here so i'll come back with a, a backpack full of content hopefully on some guys yeah we're coming back with tape we're coming back with um a whole lot we're coming back with a whole lot of excitement here from penny yeah. so uh penny tell the people where they can find you tell the people what's going on in your life tell the people everything you need to know uh what's going on in my life uh, my son turned three so it was great we went to legoland shout this out week avery. shout out avery penny what up bro uh which, which is awesome because he's three and, and it's like um you can go down the toy aisles and, and actually like, buy stuff and, and not be a weirdo. Uh, I, I bought him the the T Rex and the Jeep from Jurassic Park. Great parent doing that at three years old. So he's psyched. So that, that's for him. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. So um, <laughs> will will that involve you like building that with him? Um, oh no, no, or I mostly mean, it, just you. It's already built. <laughs> yeah, we, we get the Jeep here, so that's built. And, uh, <laughs> the dinosaur here. This is the studio. Just explore the space. Uh, so. Yeah, we're oh, off the rails. It. No, it's already built. So he was uh, he was psyched. We also mix in some Paw Patrol, so don't go nuts. Uh, I'm also in Boston, as I told you, but like is down the street having his Dunkin' Donuts. And in in the Matrix world, the internet world, I'm on Twitter, Matt underscore Penny. Keep sending in the mailbag questions. We got a kick out of them. Uh, Sam sent me one before that we didn't cover, which was, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? So it, oh I, I, yeah, from I, I think yeah, that's, let's a, I think that's that. a good way to end. So, is what's the worst movie you've ever seen? From I think Simon Rath sent that in. Um, it's so hard. Like, cause well, I you've see seen so all many the movies, movies, so I don't even know what the worst one is. Yeah, like in the last year, the worst movie I've seen is Chaos Walking, that like Tom Holland Daisy Ridley movie mm. that uh, got held for like three years. Like it, it was. I understand why they held it. Like, there were probably, like, agencies, like, trying to stop that movie from getting shown because of how big of a nightmare it was. Like, it, it was not good. It was really, really bad. It looked like a attempt to start, like, some sort of franchise, and it just totally fell flat on its face. Uh, that, that look, I see like a lot of really bad like horror movies too. Like yeah. when I watched, yeah, I couldn't even like, like, tell you some of the names of them on Netflix where you watch for uh, you like. I feel like you finish the movie like after about forty minutes, it stinks. I'm like I uh, can't, I, I can't do this. I, I got other stuff to do today. Laura, Laura, and I uh, watched a movie called Hide and Seek with Jonathan Reese Myers oh, and yeah. Joe Pantoliano. Well, I didn't watch, it, but uh, I saw the preview, so that that's not it. Yeah, on Amazon Prime, we turned it off after twenty minutes. Wow! Like it was, it, it it just wasn't even like a functional movie. So like there there are movie like even from like a structural standpoint, from a filmmaking standpoint, like it just was not even a movie that like worked on any level. So like, look, I see movies like that, but like in terms of a bigger, you know, like movie that had actual stars, actual investment in it. Um, I, I would say Chaos Walking in the last year is the worst movie I've seen. So, Penny, what is the worst movie you've ever seen? <laughs> oh, man. Keep up with Ben Affleck. Maybe Gili. I don't know. It, it, it's got to be some sequel that like didn't have to be made. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's like Dumb and Dumber one. or something like something along those lines where it's like just just leave the classics alone. I don't know if this is the worst movie I've ever seen, but like the Alice in Wonderland movie with like Johnny Depp, oh, Johnny that was Depp. really yeah. bad. That was weird. That was weird. Yeah, it, it just like looked really bad. Like yeah. that that was like it just it didn't even like you would think that like a movie like that would look like really cool and colorful, but like it, it just like I don't know if the CGI just like failed. Like I just thought it looked like shit. <laughs> they ran out. Well, that's what I appreciate with as I circle back always to Jurassic Park. That came out in like ninety two and, and looked really real. Like sometimes you look back yeah. and say that's kind of crummy and then look right that that one actually holds up in a good sense. Yeah. Um, okay. This is the Game Theory Podcast. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go subscribe to um, the podcast on the myriad platforms that you can get the podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Um, We'll be back this week. I'll have some sort of NBA podcast on Friday or so. Just haven't gotten to scheduling it yet because I've had a lot going on. I was not feeling super well yesterday. I had to do like a COVID test and all that stuff. I'm negative. Uh, Yay. Thank the thank you. Lord. Yeah. It's not whatever. Fun. Not fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. No, yeah. no, We're no COVID We're Christmas spiritual. No COVID Christmas. over here. Um, so I, I'm still working on a few different things for writing this week as well. So until next time, we will talk soon. <laughs>